Hello everyone, and welcome once again to Horrific Tales. Before we begin, can I just ask if you like and share these videos, and pass the word around to help get as much support for our artists as possible, and kindly lend their talents to the show. In tonight's show, we have a murderous rampage uh, carried out by nuns. However, are their actions justified this time? Please join me as we present Needlepoint by Hilary Dodge. Sister Susanna Elaine Abasa flickered into existence at the foot of a woman's bed. In the dark room, only a hazy light filtered through drawn curtains and fell upon the woman's form, curled deep in sleep beneath home-knit blankets. The woman sighed and rolled in her sleep, unaware of Sister Susanna's presence. The woman was no one she recognised. The bed squeaked ever so slightly, and Susanna tilted her head, recognising the sound. She looked around the room and was surprised to see that the woman slept in the Reverend Mother's room. Although the iron bed was the same, and one she knew intimately from hours spent tending at the bedside, the rest of the room was very changed. There was no other furniture present, and also missing were the paintings from the walls, and the Reverend Mother's cherished statue of St George. Even the papers had been peeled from the walls leaving ugly patches of dry glue and past water stains visible to everyone. It was a disgrace. Sister Susanna stormed at the bedside, intent on dislodging the intruder. She reached down and grasped at the knit blanket, but her fingers could find no purchase. She could barely feel the coarse wool, her fingers sliding through the weave rather than pressing against it. She jerked her hands back, terrified and disorientated. As she did so, the sleeping woman again rolled and mumbled something in her sleep. She was having a nightmare, Sister Susanna observed. The woman's brow was furrowed with some emotion, and sweat beaded at her temples. The woman threw an arm out of the bedclothes, and as she did, a small, finely embroidered pillow slid out from beneath the blankets and fell to the floor. Sister Susanna recognised her own needlework and stood amazed. Just as she was reaching down to pick up the small pillow, she felt a tug from within her chest and she evaporated on the spot. She blinked and found herself in a field. An old balding man was pouring gasoline upon a pile of sticks and rags. It was early morning, the sun just starting to climb from behind the peaks of the greater Caucasus. The man emptied the can and tossed it on top of the pile. It slid down the side and rolled a few feet away. The man didn't seem to care, turning instead to frantically rummage through the satchel lying opened on the ground beside him. He grunted in frustration and dumped the contents into the dirt. Devils! he shouted over his shoulder as he pawed through the spilled contents. I know how to put you back in the ground. Sister Susanna looked towards where the man had directed his comments and was startled to see Sister Irana Azula standing not far away. And not far beyond her, Sisters Marika Vardo and Sissuri Viber stood silently on the patch of overgrown grass. All three had their gaze directed at the old man. They seemed not to notice Susanna. Hello? Susanna attempted, but her voice was lost in the open space around her. Aha! The man yelled, drawing her attention as he lifted up a battered matchbox. He spurred a quick look towards the sisters, and Susanna could see they had moved closer. They were now more than a few paces away from the man and his power. In fact, after a momentary tug at her chest, she was also somehow closer. Could now smell the gasoline. This will stop, the old man wailed, as he slid open the box and pulled out a match. He struck it against the side of the box, but the match broke in two and fell to the ground. He moaned and fished his shaky fingers back inside the box. Sister Irana Azolde was beside the man, 
he scraped and fell back onto the pile. Sisters Morocco Vardo and Cecilia Vibert hemmed him in on either side as he scrambled unsuccessfully to get back to his feet. The sisters bent over to him, their faces mere centimetres from his. Susanna felt a tug but fought against it. Wait, what are you? Her query was cut off by a sharply pitched scream. Susanna felt a pulling sensation and was suddenly right beside the old man. She could see the splinter shard of wood protruding from his chest, blood pulling in the sunken space around the puncture, running down his side and into objects in the power. Needlework. Their needlework. The embroidery of the nuns of the convent of St. George. The man was moaning and crying, blood bubbling from his lips as their sisters struck and stabbed him with the broken wood from the pile. Susanna ached, feeling the man's torment, but somehow unable to resist from raising her hand towards the dying man. Towards the man she now recognised past the changes time had wrought. The man coughed and ground his teeth. Die, you devils! Another match was retrieved, and this one successfully lit. The pal went up in a blaze around him, but Susanna could not feel the heat. In moments, she dissolved. The needlework is exquisite. A floral pattern set under the background of intricate cutwork, styled in the pattern of repeating cruciform. The signature needlework of the convent. Susanna labours over the final embroidered panel in the handkerchief putting the white stitches tight around the edges with the cut openings, forming the cruciform shape. Cutting the thread from the spool, she sets her needle down and begins to count the hidden pattern, stitched around the cutwork on the bottom right of the handkerchief. Two stitches horizontal, three vertical with overland diagonal to the right, east, northeast. One diagonal to the right, one diagonal to the left, across, more than 500. Satisfied, Susanna stands to bring the handkerchief over to the Reverend Mother, he nods solemnly and she accepts it. God's work, child, Reverend Mother is saying, but her voice is fading, and the light is fading. Susanna leans closer but finds herself falling into darkness. What have we done? Pavla's screams reverberated in her mind as Sister Susanna once more found herself in the Reverend Mother's room. Sunlight filled the corners and washed across the bare floor. The bed was empty, and made up neatly with worn knit blankets. Susanna turned to see the woman grumbling softly as she pulled on and laced up her boots, paying no attention to the nun now in the room. The woman straightened and tugged at the hem of her foreign-aid vest before throwing open the door and stomping into the hall. The woman stormed down the hall and down the main stairs, turning into the bright kitchen. Susanna followed, although she couldn't say hi. The feeling of movement was different than before. Another woman, just as young, sat sipping a streaming cup of coffee. Susanna slid into the out-of-the-way position along the wall. Morning, Jane. The woman with the coffee nodded to another cup across the table. Susanna wasn't acknowledged, and she was suddenly sure that neither woman could actually see her. They're gone, exclaimed the woman from the Reverend Mother's room. Who took them, Sam? Sam gestured towards the front hall. That old man came by this morning. Pavla? No one told me that, said Jane, dropping into the chair across from Sam. I boxed them up to take with us. They should be preserved. Susanna shifted, upsetting a cross hanging on the wall. It swung to one side and fell back into place. The girls flicked a glance towards the wall and then resumed their conversation. Sam shrugged. I'm sure they'll be stored somewhere safe. Now you can focus on other things. We have to be out by tomorrow night. They're saying the soldiers will be here in three days' time after that. Sister Susanna felt a sharp pain in her back, and a memory bobbed at the surface of her mind. Those needle points are the only remaining samples of the work the nuns used to sell to fund the confident before the revolution. They're a crucial part of the town's history. What is? A new woman came into the kitchen. 
a local woman with a familiar jawline and brow. The needle points, said Jane, stirring sugar into her coffee. They should be in a museum, or a university at least. The local woman found another cup and filled it with coffee. You Americans with your ideas. Well, I still have that one pillow, said Jane, standing up. Do you know if any of the townsfolk have others? Our grandparents don't like to talk about that time. Jeez, Jane, have some sensitivity. All those nuns. The tug came, and Susanna went somewhere else. <coughs> Sister Susanna jerks awake to the screams. It is the middle of the night and she throws her tangled bedclothes off and runs to the door. The hall is in disorder. Broken furniture and torn curtains are strewn atop the flagstones. A figure lies prone three doors down. Susanna runs to her side and discovers the doctor from the town. Kind eyes, sightless, mouth agape in terror. Blood still courses from the jagged slip across his throat. A gunshot rings out from the dorm, and the young novitiates begin to scream. A feeble voice issues through the doorway at the end of the hall. Help! Susanna goes to the voice, and sees the reverend mother, frail and small in her bed. The old woman is terrified. They've given us up! She cries, tears streaking down her cheeks. Susanna runs to the mother's side to help her from the bed. At that instant she feels a sharp, hard punch to the middle of her back. As she collapses atop the reverend mother, she watches as her warm blood soaks through the covers and onto the old woman before losing consciousness. Sister Susanna opened her eyes in another kitchen, smaller and more rustic. A pot on the stovetop bubbled, and Susanna smelt onion and pork. Sisters Arana Isolde, Maraco Vardo, and Cesuri Beber stood beside her. Two others appeared in the room. Sisters Eza Ekaterina and Arana and Madonna, blinking into existence like a switch had been flipped. An old woman entered the kitchen and stopped dead at the sight of them. No, she cried, stumbling backwards to the door. Not now. Susanna and the others followed her into the small family room. Pavle burned them, she blubbered. We saw the smoke. The old woman had run into an even older man who was slowly packing items into a pair of battered suitcases. He looked up, stunned, as the nuns moved into the room, spreading around the edges. The old couple, who Susanna once knew as Otar and Anna Berdez, cowered beside the pitiful remnants of their lives. No, stop! Susanna tried to cry out. Her open mouth made no sounds. Otar stood and shielded his wife, piercingly blue eyes pleading. What do you want? We're sorry! Anna was crying hysterically as the sisters of the convent of St. George closed in. What have we done? Susanna's hands were shaking. She looked up from them to see the young woman, Jane, standing before the open closet, artfully hidden in the panelwork surrounding the fireplace of the Reverend Mother's room. The light coming through the window was fading, and a small fire was burning in the hearth. The other young woman, Sam, came out of the space with an electric torch in hand. Nope, nothing left. Jane stepped back to give Sam space now moving to the opposite side of the fireplace. In her hands was a beautiful little needlepoint pillow. It's just... I don't get it. Why did that old man do that to himself? Sam shrugged and put the torch to the mantle. Maybe the sight of them dredged up old memories, things best forgotten. Jane began to pace the room, clutching the pillow tightly to her chest. She stepped close to Susanna, who stood at the front of the bed, and shivered as she passed by. But I keep asking myself, why only the nuns? Everyone else from the village got away, but the nuns. It's, it's like they weren't warned. Sister Susanna finally understood what was happening. With a tug, she went someplace else. At first she did not recognise where she was, 
An old man came shuffling out of a weathered barn and into the dark yard, arms full of heavy sacks. Susanna saw that the yard was full of her fellow sisters and novitiates. They flickered in and out of sight at the edge of the yard. One minute behind a fence, another before it. The movement caught the man's attention, and he looked up from the rough ground he had been studying as he made his way across the yard. He saw the sisters and dropped his sacks. He turned, taking in the situation. His eyes found Susanna's. Sister! George Mamondov had been her friend once. The last Friday of every month, he had come to the convent to play chess with her. As none of her fellow sisters knew how or cared to learn. He was much younger than she at the time, probably twenty years her junior, but now he was weathered, and aged as if fifty years or more had passed since their last game. Susanna felt the tug and was closer, as were her sisters, forming a loose ring around the man in the darkened yard. I know what we did, what I did, was wrong. He looked up and spoke only to Susanna. I can't ask for forgiveness, but he seemed to struggle for the words, but in that moment the sisters bent closer. What we did saved the town. Everyone, the families got away, the children lived, were able to have children of their own. It was a terrible decision. We hated ourselves for it. The tug pulled them all closer, within touching distance. But George did not cower. He did not try to fight or run. Susanna fought with all her might to stay her hand, to remove herself. She closed her eyes to the night, to George's screams, and fell inside the blackness within. The fire had grown a little, and both women were sitting on the floor before it, gazing into its flame. Susanna stood close behind them. You still have the one, offered Sam. Jane was holding the pedal, running her fingertips over the embroidery. It'll be all that's left of them, the nuns I mean. Those soldiers are going to burn this village to the ground, just like they did the last three. They'll leave nothing standing. Susanna reached towards the pillow. It's tragic, agreed Sam, especially considering how the nuns died. They were murdered, Sam, and no one is going to remember them or their story. Susanna paused, hand inches above the young woman's shoulder. Jane thumbed the fringe on the edge of the pillow. Susanna wept inside. With everything her spirit could muster, she grabbed the pillow, surprised to feel its soft surface and tossed it into the flames. Both women had seen her in that one inexplicable instant. In frozen fascination, all three watched as the flames devoured the little needlework pillow. Susanna sighed and was gone. Well, we hope that you enjoyed our latest horrific tale. If you want to keep up to date with future episodes, then subscribe to our YouTube channel and like or follow our social media pages. You can also give the channel support by visiting our merchandise store and picking up some of our items. Please also take a moment to support our contributing artists who very kindly lend their talents to the show. Check out the links in the description on how you can do this. Well, that just leaves me to say, until next time my friends, keep it creepy. Keep it horrific.